Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we have a possible official, possible official synopsis for Deadpool, plus new characters from the MCU joining uh, the cast of Thunderbolts, uh, and other news, and uh, lots of cool feedback. So we'll be right back after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Ashley Coffin. Uh, how is your week, Ashley Coffin? I had a great weekend, actually, doing a lot of movie watching, because it's that time. Ooh, it is, it is indeed. You've got, you've got even more to watch than I do. Although, uh, you know, we're doing the Oscars watch over on Binger's Assemble, and I realized, like, and I, we texted about this, but I was like, there's only three movies in all the actor categories that aren't on the best picture category. So I'm excited because even if we can't get to them on Benders, I feel like I'm going to get through all of the, uh, the main, all of the main categories. And, and that goes for director too, because director doesn't have any. So it's like we get, I'm going to get through all the top, like, you know, main categories and most of the other categories too, like, except for like into an- all the animation and international. And yeah. Stuff. Yeah. We are, we've been looking around it. They're kind of sporadically everywhere. I'll have to update our list because we found there are some of the documentaries on Disney+. Plus. There are a lot Ooh. on Netflix. There's even a short, which are usually really hard for us to find. Um, and then a lot on Amazon Prime. So that's good. Oh, yeah. That's great. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm having fun. I just always have fun this time of year. It's just like, the, particularly this year, and, I, and I've mentioned this in our coverage of the Oscars, but like, I, and over on Multiverse News, actually. So this, I, don't, I don't think I've mentioned it here, but like, I just looked at my year in review of last year, and because of all the family changes and differences and buying a house, blah, I, had wa- I had watched so few movies, just like <laughs> so few. And so getting to go back and watch all the Oscar movies has been very fulfilling. And like, ah, oh, that's there's that art that's like some of it cutting edge, some of it just classic, you know, um, legends in the industry making great art. Like just, just nice to see all that stuff after barely I, I feel like this year i barely held my fingers on nails on to like watching like star wars and marvel and yeah. star trek and like the stuff that i like co- podcast about and also most enjoy and like didn't get to watch that much other stuff so yeah i went to the movies a lot more this year because our podcast too we started doing more reviews over on the horror cast so it was fun to go see like the screams and the this and the that and that's awesome I, we don't usually see the oscar movies in the theater Unless it was like an like Oppenheimer we saw a long time ago, but we did go see Poor sure, Things yeah. this past weekend, and I will say like that movie has a lot of nudity and a lot of sex, but it's also funny. And everyone in that theater was rigid as hell because it was just me and Ken laughing the whole time, just the two of us. And I'm yeah. like, come on, people, it's already awkward enough. You're not gonna laugh like this is hysterical. Laugh at sex. <laughs> that's 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 not our culture. There's a lot no. of there's a lot of stigma around it. <laughs> it's sad. 
Yeah, indeed, indeed. There is a. It's actually you know you know the author C.S. Lewis. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, big Christian author. Uh, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, all that stuff. But also, he wrote a lot of like nonfiction, sort of Christian like stuff. And uh, something I always remember when he talks about uh, the five love, the four loves, four loves is what it's called. Eros, Philia, like the stuff that's like. The, t- the kinds of love, love for your family, right. love for your partner. Uh, it talks about uh, Eros, and one of the first, the, he begins the chapter by saying, the biggest thing we need in this country uh, when it comes to Eros is we need to laugh more about it. Like, we need to take it less seriously. And like, I was like, that's it, that's cool. Yeah. I just got a need from like his perspective for that to be like his first take on Eros. <laughs> um, and that's weird. That, sorry, that was a weird pull to discuss your experiences of the poor things. I'm going to see that probably tonight because we're going to podcast about it on Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. I think you'll like it. I, I'm i not going to give away any deets here, but let's just say it changed all. It, it put a real wrench in what we already thought we were pretty confident about. Me and Ken were like, oh, God damn, this is the wrench movie. This is the one we didn't see coming. That's mm-hmm. going to really make it hard to yeah. pick certain categories and it's find out more on Bingers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Sorry. Yeah, we're getting derailed too much with the Oscar talk. Uh, but that's what Bingers Assemble is for. Go over there. We're going to do more of that. Um, but this is the Marvel podcast where we talk about Marvel things. Yeah. And uh, there's, some good, there's some good news uh, uh, this week that I thought was kind of fun. Uh, up first, Production Weekly reports that Rachel Weiss and Lawrence Fishburne are joining the cast of The Thunderbolts. Now, this is Melina. And Bill Foster. Uh, so that's just kind of good news, kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what they'll be playing. If they'll be, it makes sense if Yelena is one of the main cast members on the Thunderbolts. It makes sense she left that mo- the uh, Black Widow with her mother. Uh, so it makes sense that she might be in there. Yeah. I love Rachel Weiss. So Me she can too. do whatever she wants. <laughs> Come on back, girl. I'm sure I've said it on the cast since she's been in an MCU movie, but like, I don't really have. Uh, crushes on like celebrities rachel weiss is like the one when i was like a teenager and watched the mummy movies or whatever oh my goodness i just like whatever it is about her she's just a very very pretty lady i know we have to take a moment to say that peak sexiness is pretty much the entire cast of the mummy minus i mean some people might think the brother's hot whatever but you got like optimum brendan fraser you had the guy on the horse you know the (laughs) <laughs> well, I can't remember his name. He was hot. The mummy guy was hot. Rachel Weiss was hot. Anak the Moon was hot. I mean, hot, hot, hot. I love that movie. Anak the Moon. Uh, I love that movie too. I love the whole the whole series. It's fun. Um, <laughs> I really like uh, the mummy series. I I, I, we, I think we've talked about this before too. But like, whatever. I was watching. I watched that uh, a while back and realized like it's kind of the Marvel tone. Like, obviously, this isn't a Marvel movie, but it's sort of the Marvel tone before Marvel established that as their tone. It's very, like, action-oriented. And then this goes back to, like, it's also Indiana, Indiana Jonesy, Jones. Yeah. yeah, it's Indiana Jonesy. But I do think there's a little bit more... Indiana Jones is more... Uh, is less quippy. Indiana Jones is funny, but most of the things he says are sincere. Like, the Marvel tone has a bit more of, like, people say things sort of, like, making fun of each other and sort of, like... The, the quippiness of bouncing back and forth in insincere ways, mm-hmm. which can t- a lot of people criticize Marvel because it kind of can take the uh, the edge off the seriousness of something. And I think that, but I love it. I love that sort of like keeping me entertained with quips while building the actual adventure story behind it. You know? Yeah, yeah. 
And I think that uh, Mummy did that before Marvel did in a way that, like, I think advanced that sort of adventure, comedy, whatever, romance story. Mm-hmm. I, I love it. God, I love the score to that movie, too. Everything about it. So good. Oh, yeah. It's good stuff. Good stuff. I just saw a picture on Facebook. They had, like, a showing of the Mummy in, like... I don't know, Egypt, like a like a hominoptera thing. So it's amongst all of the ruins. They set up a giant screen and it was like a private showing at sunset oh, wow. of the mummy. I'll have to post the picture because I definitely saved it. I was like, oh my God, I would spend all of my money. <laughs> that is so funny. Like that's such a weird thing to do. It feels like, like the mummy, I mean, I don't know how much they consulted culturally on that movie, but it feels like the most <laughs> reductive sort of like, more based on lore about mummies than mm-hmm. actual to sort of set, to set a viewing inside of the ruins. That's that's really weird. Yeah, it looked great. <laughs> it looked cool. I bet. I bet it did. Um, oh, and, you know, we, we focus most on. Um, well, honestly, we focus most on the mummy. But Rachel Weiss, amazing. I'm excited. But also Lawrence Fishburne. I love Lawrence Fishburne, and when he was introduced as Bill Foster, I thought he was very underutilized in that movie. Yes. I assumed he would be continuing on, and again, just like uh, Yelena uh, leads to Melina in this movie, makes total sense. Ghost is one of the main cast members, if Bill Foster is still sort of her uh, mentor figure, father figure type in the movie. Yeah. I He'll bring a lot of gravitas to anything he's in, and I think we haven't seen enough of Bill Foster. I feel like he was... I feel like he was cast to do more. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm, I'm dig- I dig that he's going to show up in this. If he is, again, it's not confirmed by Marvel, mm-hmm. but Production Weekly is saying they're coming into the cast. Makes a lot of sense, though. Yeah. Um, we also had, this was kind of funny, apparently the Japanese Deadpool website posted an official synopsis for Deadpool, but it was almost immediately deleted. Oops. So that either means... It's not correct, and they wanted to take it down, or it was too correct, and they thought it would lead to too much speculation. So they took, you know, like one way or the other, it's either too true or not true at all. So grain of salt. Uh, but the, the apparent synopsis said uh, the effing irresponsible hero Deadpool will change the history of the MCU with Wolverine. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Like, I think the most interesting thing about that is the wording. Yeah, coming in with correct. a hard F. Well, yeah, well, that, that too. <laughs> but uh, the, the, the F word in the middle of it's funny and interesting for an official synopsis. But um, the thing that stands out to me is the wording will change the history of the MCU. And we fa- the fact that we know Deadpool left the Deadpool 2 with like a time travel device. And we know this is the multiverse saga. So if he's going to hop around the past, oh like we'll change the history of the MCU, not just we'll change the MCU. I think we're going to get X Men. Oh my God. Like staples. Like, ugh. oh, for sure. I, I think this will absolutely bring not only Deadpool into the MCU, but it will bring some of the X Men cast to interact in the MCU. But I don't know at what level. I don't know if we're like, that universe will die and we'll just get some characters that cross over or I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. I'm excited though. Yeah, me too. I've been trying to stay away from all of the leaked pictures and stuff like that. I wish people would stop posting them and doing it because I, I know it's going to be hard to be surprised, but I want that childlike Christmas morning feeling every time I see someone pop up that I wasn't sure, like stop. Mm -hmm. I don't want to see the pictures. 
Yeah. I don't know anything yet. I, I mean, like, I know Wolverine. Was yeah. That, that was officially announced. But, like, that's all I know. And I know it's supposed to be happen in the MCU. And I know a lot of characters have been said they're coming, but we don't know for sure. And so I'm just staying away. Actually, a lot of them are supposedly officially announced, but like I'm still kind of like yeah, ignoring it ignoring until it. I actually see it in the movie. I had to delete two recently that were set shots that did not make me happy. Ooh, yeah. yeah. In the Strand Pan chat, that's no good. Mm-hmm. Not good people. Don't post that stuff. Don't post it. Don't send it in the emails. Nothing. The good thing is that whole like Ryan Reynolds story we talked about a few weeks ago where he like flooded the zone with a bunch of fake ones. Yeah. So it's totally possible some of those were the fake ones. You know I what hope I mean? So. Like there's yeah. possibility. Possibility. Um, okay. Another Thunderbolt story we have. Lewis Pullman uh, is apparently being uh, touted as a top choice to replace Stephen Yun in the Thunderbolts. Um, which I don't think his character was ever confirmed, but a lot of people have speculated Sentry, or it was leaked, or something that it might be Sentry from Marvel Comics. Um, uh, I uh, did, he's this is Lewis Pullman is Bill Pullman's son, who I like Bill Pullman. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I just saw him in Lessons in Chemistry. If any of you've seen Lessons in Chemistry, he was the uh, love interest uh, for Brie Larson in that, and. He's great. He's really great in that. So, has a very likable charm to him. Oh, he was in Top Gun. He was in Bad Times at the El Royale. He was in The New Strangers. Yeah, he's on a lot of stuff. Yeah. I think he has has a really nice nice delivery, nice charisma. I am am down with uh, Lewis Pullman joining the cast as well. Just basically this week, three new possible cast joinings, and I I really dig them all. Very cool. when uh, yeah, I don't know when the oh we should say and we got a lot of we got a lot of feedback last week. Um, this is not news. This is this is a correction from us from me specifically because uh, I said last week it was just old information. I said Deadpool is coming out in May because I just misremembered. I forgot about the move back. It is not coming out in May. It's coming out July twenty sixth. They don't make it easy. <laughs> no, they don't. Well, this year particularly, all the strikes and the shuffling because. What we originally heard was that Thunderbolts was May and Deadpool was November, I believe. And then they inverted that when they decided to push back Thunderbolts and they moved Deadpool forward. And then they pushed back the whole slate again when the strike went on longer. And so we had May on our uh, dock and I just didn't, uh, we hadn't updated it apparently. Yeah. So, my bad, it my happens. bad. Uh, Rachel Titsworth, one of our patrons, wrote that in. Uh, so thank you, Rachel. Um, but also if other people on the chat and stuff sorry about that my bad mm-hmm. uh, let's see uh i just thought you'd enjoy this story because i feel like you were you came in pretty hot last time we talked about uh zoe saldana um a few <laughs> zoe saldana came out and uh, she was asked uh, if she would like to play a character for james gunn over at dc and her quote was yes i do i do i love the superhero universe <laughs> of i love the superhero universe of any sort uh, I have sons that are obsessed with comic books right now and superheroes. So for me to be a part of projects uh, that will be, uh, they will get to be watching for the next ten to fifteen years of their lives is it's uh, a dream to me. Sorry, I was terrible at reading that. My bad. Uh, uh, she added, um, "If it never gets to happen, or if it happens with other filmmakers and not James Gunn, or if it happens again with James Gunn, I would be so grateful." 
Now look who's crawling back. <laughs> <laughs> she had some uh she had some words last year that came out uh we 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 were like like I get it. I get what she's saying. She had said that she was um what was the what was the actual wording? Artistic. She felt the last decade of being in all franchise movies. She felt artistically stuck. Right, and I get it. We, Chris Evans did the same thing. Right, for sure. But like, it, it it doesn't. It's one of those like, yeah, must be nice to be so artistically stuck to be in like the biggest. Like, she's got one of the largest uh, takes of any actor uh, with the franchises. She, I think it's the largest. I think she has the largest. Uh, net income off of movies because she's in the Avatar, mm-hmm. all the, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, and the Avengers, um, and uh, in Star Trek. So she's got these huge franchises. So it's sort of like okay, like it. It feels it comes off a little like whiny to people who like would love to, any one of us would love to do what she's doing. You yeah, know? I would have played Gamora forever and ever and ever. You know, she's yeah. one of my favorite characters too. I loved and I loved what she did with it. Yeah. Oh, she's great. She's freaking great in all in all three of those franchises. She's freaking great. But it's it's a uh, understand it's understandable and it's annoying. <laughs> so she like has definitely kind of come back. And apparently, she also a few months ago um, tried to sort of step it back. So she's been stepping those comments back. I think she probably got a lot of heat for it. Yeah. She's been very like, no, no, I love doing these movies. And maybe you know, those two things can be true at the same time. It's not like she has. It's not like she has to be stepping it back to say that she also loves doing them. But it's like. It feels a little like I'm moving away from franchise movies, and that's like, give me any franchise movie yeah. you want. I'll do, I'll do it. it. I'll do anything. <laughs> so, anyway, it's okay, Zoe. We'll take you back. Open arms anytime. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> open arms, open arms, open arms wide open. Creed. Whoa. <laughs> oh man, um, this story just is sort of stupid, but I liked. Uh, liked it to throw in here as just almost a silly joke uh tom holland's box office bonus uh for one of the avengers movies uh was sent to british actor tom hollander by mistake (laughs) he talked about it on a late night tv uh i think it was seth myers if i'm not mistaken um and it was like apparently a seven figure sum like so like millions of dollars just sent to his bank account and then he realized man keep uh, your mouth shut yeah, right. He was talking about how apparently he was, uh, he had just gotten a big check for one of his movies. It was like 30 grand. And he was like, hey, my account's looking pretty good. And then he's like, oh, millions. Okay. <laughs> just like appeared in his bank account. I'm just like, oh, I don't even, I'm trying to figure out, do they have the same like agent? Does it, because yes. Marvel wouldn't have paid him. Yeah. So it, it apparently it's because it was through, I guess, SAG or something, is what I read. And one of one of the unions is like how the money gets directed, and they have the same agent, and their names are so similar that it yeah. somehow just got misrouted. Uh, at least for, at the time, they had the same agent. It said so. Um, yeah, it's just funny. It's just I funny love thing. Tom Hollander. He was so good in the White Lotus, and then he has the new mm-hmm. Ryan Murphy coming out. Um, Feud, which is about Capote and like the Swan Sisters and stuff. It was a big deal back in like I believe the late 70s 80s ish i can't remember exactly but it's like a stack cast it's demi moore mm. it's um diane lane naomi watts molly ringwald uh somebody else very famous that i know i'm forgetting but it looks it looks great yeah let's say yeah it's awesome i, I i've liked him and everything i've seen him too it's really he's good um 
I, and you got to think like when Tom Holland became one of the biggest stars in the world, you got to think he had, that had been a little annoying, you know, like all of a sudden the name you've been building your whole life, Tom Hollander, yeah. <laughs> like suddenly is going to be confused. And so like, there's got to be a temptation when that comes in your bank account to be like, finally I'm getting paid the like, like the recompense for all that, like all the, all the lost branding that I've gotten because of his name's so similar. Yeah, he's like, I was in Pirates. I deserve this money. This is right. just past money. Thanks, Disney. <laughs> yeah, but I get. I guess they probably sorted it out and sent it back. That wasn't in the article, but I would have spent that money. <laughs> and then been like, I didn't know. Uh, what do you mean? How could I have known? It was direct deposit. <laughs> yeah, like I just, I didn't even. Look, I don't. I don't check my bank account. I'm, you know, I'm an actor. I just kept spending. <laughs> all right well before we move on to our feedback we, and we've got uh, some rad feedback from our patrons um that we want to get through um we want to talk about hymns uh 52 of men over 40 experience some sort of ed between the ages of 40 and 70 uh that's erectile dysfunction it happens i know we have lots of younger folks listening to this podcast but we also have an audience that is similar in age to me and Jeff, like that have also, you know, getting close to 40. Um, and this can happen. So like 52% of men, that's more than half. So like, there's nothing to be ashamed of. If you have a problem, nothing to hide from just, uh, you know, check out, check out hymns and see if the, these solutions are right for you. It's affordable and discreet sexual health treatments, all from the comfort of your couch, uh, gen- generic alternatives to Viagra and Cialis, up to 95% cheaper with options as low as $2 a dose. That's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's super, super affordable. Um, 100% online, no uncomfortable doctor's visits. Um, you do your all your communication with your medical provider right there online by just answering a series of questions. They give you a treatment options, and if prescribed, your medication ships directly to you for free and in discreet packaging. We love discreet packaging in this house. <laughs> I got all kinds of weird stuff. And let me tell you, discreet patch- packaging is the way to go. <laughs> the coffin home. full need, Much needs for discreet packaging, apparently. I like <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> and Valentine's Day is coming up. I mean, what better time to make sure you can have the most romantic evening ever? <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, well, yeah, check, check out hymns, everybody. If it's something that you feel like you might need, uh, it's worth check, checking it out. Yeah, uh, start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash MCU. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash MCU for your personalized ED treatment options. Hymns.com slash MCU. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare, healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. All right, well, turning back... To the MCU. We got some uh, Patreon feedback here. I was going to go, we got some rock hard Patreon feedback. (laughs) (laughs) Our ads affect the rest of the podcast. If this (laughs) podcast lasts longer than four hours, uh, Katie Lisbeth, (laughs) one of our patrons, (laughs) says, Ash loved your story about your super spouse being Knuff, even in the snow. He is. He can be Ken enough sometimes. (laughs) <laughs> like he just brought me a martini. That's a Ken enough move. That's that's a that's a Ken enough move for sure, for sure. And oh gosh, Barbie has just inf- infected our entire culture, and I love it. I know. 
Except for Ken's. Trust me, Ken's were like, no. No, get away from us. I want one of those I am Knuff sweatshirts so bad. Mm -hmm. He won't wear it. He was like, I had to go through this shit when it was South Park. The whole I kill Kenny thing. Oh, man. It took years and years for that to go away and die down. And then what does 2023 bring? Barbie! <laughs> <laughs> that's weird. That's weird to have two major kin, like, things in your lifetime that, like, take over your name. Uh, yeah, I guess, I guess that's, that, that happens to a number of Of course, I have a friend named Karen. Of course, that, that, that whole, sucks. the whole Karen thing sucks. And then, on top of that, there was the Karen Baskins of it all a few years ago with Tiger King. Oh, yeah. And so she had to deal with the Karen, uh... They tried to do Whatever. Karen and Ken's, but then they changed it to Brad's. And I was like, you, you dodged a bullet there, babe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that would have been rough. That would have been rough. Uh, it sounds it sounds like Barbie. Uh, if, if if that hadn't been derailed prior, uh, Barbie probably would have derailed it with the with a, just a new Ken definition. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, next, Matthew Nace, one of our patrons, says, Hey, y'all, just listen to the commissioned episode you did on the shows we didn't know we need. Only halfway through, and you're all excited about your Wakanda mole theory. Um, I'll finish later, but it had me thinking about a convo I had with some friends. What genre of movie do you wish they would come out with? I have two. I need a Tarantino out-of-sequence chapter movie uh, based it in New Orleans Introduce Gambit, Cloak and Dagger, and have Wolverine and Rogue all in interconnected chapters. Uh, throw in Roxxon or Mr. Sinister. Ooh, that's fun. Yeah. Number two, uh, I need a World War II slash foxhole type movie or a Vietnam slash Apocalypse Now type movie instead of having the time frame of all the movies being weeks or months or years. Uh, give me a two and a half hour movie that is just about six or seven characters in the midst of a battle, uh, maybe separated, trying to get to each other. It would be a great way to show relationships and brutal way to kill off a beloved character. Anyway, uh, curious if y'all have a particular genre you want to see played out. Hmm. Well, I always want to see a Tarantino-style one. Um, yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. But I feel like if they did it, if they do the Gambit thing, you could do a totally with Mister Sinister. I love how he just has like horror movie vibes. So you could totally do some kind of like horror version of like. Gambit and and Mr. Sinister and all that stuff and him joining I can't remember the Hellfire Club and stuff like mm -hmm. that. I love that whole story. Yeah. No, that sounds that sounds like a really cool one. And that's a pre-X-Men thing, so Yeah. Good way to introduce. No, yeah, absolutely. And I th I think this is a really solid idea. I I generally like what uh Matthews is going for here, which is like one of the things that makes all of the MCU feel samey is the fact that they go with this very tried and true, but similar, like, time period. Like, the flow of time feels somewhat similar, except for Eternals, uh, which goes for the, like, epic over the course of centuries type thing. Right. All of the movies feel like they happen over a couple of weeks or a weekend or whatever. It doesn't feel... Um, and that's a that's a very, like normal way to write a blockbuster. So like, it's, I see why they do it, but I think one way they could really shuffle things up is do something like this with, you know, um, like he, he mentions the Tarantino thing, but I love his idea for like something like 1917 where it's like mm -hmm. a single, you know, the movie lasts the length of the time that they are in the movie. Like it is exactly like 
you could do it as a single shot, like 1917, or uh, what is it called? Silent House. That's one that I really... You like Silent House? I don't do you know think I've movie? seen it. Um, it's And uh, I'm into war movies. This is not a war movie. Oh. This is a, a, a single shot movie. Okay. Uh, but it stars Elizabeth Olsen, which is why it's, it's very appropriate. And it's a horror. Um, so it's a oh, horror. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen it. I've seen it. Yeah. Let me look it up real fast. But I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It, it's, it, I think it's awesome. I love it. Um, it's, an, it's Elizabeth Olsen. And, and the movie is all, all in a single shot. You know, supposedly, like, obviously there's hidden cuts just like all of those movies or most of those movies do, but it's, it's pretty fun. And it, the single shot thing works really well for a horror. Cause you feel very like pinned in. And I think it, it feels the same way you feel with a war movie or a battle movie. Um, but like, yeah, I think this is a really, really great idea. And both of Matthew's ideas like play with the element of just how you structure time in the movie. And that can have such a great effect on how the genre feels. And mm-hmm. I think it would make a big difference if like, you you set it in the MCU. You do everything like all the characters are the same, all the the actors are the same, uh, but it's directed in a way that just uses time differently. Like I I think Matthew's on some, onto something big there. I think like that could set a movie apart completely. It would feel like a totally different kind of movie, but it could still fit in the in the uh, universe. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I'm trying to think of what would work for something like that. Like Ooh. who? Yeah. Well. <laughs> My immediate, because he says World War II and foxholes, I immediately Wolverine. go to Wolverine and Cap. Like mm-hmm. that, that they talked about that a few years ago, the possibility of a uh, Wolverine and Cap movie set sometime in the time period where Cap goes back in time and lives out his life. He lives out his years. And cool. uh, it would be really, really cool. But like that just immediately goes there because he mentioned World War II, I feel like. Um, yeah. I think the idea of a battle sequence or the idea of a horror type elements. Like you were, he was talking about like the hellfire club or whatever. Like you were talking about the hellfire club. He was talking about Mm -hmm. Mr. Sinister. What if you were on like the streets of new Orleans and there's like a killer chasing our main character and they're trying to stop people from dying, but it's all like the time period is truncated to those few hours. You know, there's Mm -hmm. someone in the, someone down in the French quarter, like, murdering people and there's like a villain happening you could almost do like a clover field type like down on the ground while there's big things happening and you've got gambit like still young doing doing what he can with his powers to save as many of his friends or whatever as he can yeah or make it like the brood the brood with those creepy mutant things that lived under i'm pretty sure it was under oh the- yeah Ooh. The city and had to do with all of them. Ooh, like are you saying under the city they were that? that yeah, I'm pretty on? sure they were like they hung out in the sewers at first, but then it became like a problem. And I'm pretty sure that ties in with uh, Gambit and stuff. Well, you could only even even if it doesn't, the Brood tied the X Men. Like you could definitely do. Man, what if you did a uh, X Men movie with the Brood, but it was shot in the style of like an alien sci fi horror, like Alien Aliens? You know? Uh, oh, they they're kind of like. Um, scrolls a little bit now that i'm uh, there are insectoid beings who travel through space to find hosts to infest with their spawn mm-hmm. yeah, yeah but i mean they're definitely the, x-men problems but that is <laughs> very similar to xenomorphs yeah uh, the empress brood is the leader yeah like you could do that sort of like again very isolated very in a can like space horror movie with like a xenomorph type story um, yeah, with the brood that could be really fun. That'd be fun. I'm, I, we're, we're sort of sticking to Matthew's idea, which I because I really like it. I really like the idea of 
just changing up the time and what does it mean to the story and it br- immediately ideas start coming yeah oh i meant i was confusing the brood with the morlocks my bad that's that's the people who lived in the uh the sewers and stuff okay okay cool. wolverine's yeah. girlfriend or whatever callisto and stuff i don't know I don't ex-girlfriend ex <laughs> <laughs> That's actually really funny. Why did they never have a title called Ex Girlfriends? Oh, that would be great. It's really, it would be really good. <laughs> it's like all ex girlfriends of, of like Wolverine, and it's like ex girlfriends. Who um, is this other one with the long fingernails? She was great too. She was in the ooh, movie. Ooh, ooh, yeah. Oh, gosh. I, I had such a low exposure to the comics when I was a kid. I'd read like the big, um, the big arcs, but I wouldn't have, I never had the chance to read all the book, the smaller books. So like most of my exposure to those characters comes from uh, the trading cards. Like I had a lot yeah. of trading cards when I was a kid and go through those like crazy and read all the backs. And I know Lady Deathstrike? Lady Deathstrike. That's that it. it? I'm okay. Just, I can't remember what her. That was my brain like going through all of my trading cards as a kid and trying to remember who that was. Yeah. She had the Ugh. long fingernails and they put her in X too and she was not great in that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as 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 many things weren't in that universe. But... Yoriko, that was it. Okay, that's what I did. Okay, cool, cool. And is that same lady to strike? That's her. Yeah, that's her character name. Cool. That's her. Uh, not her made up. Not her made up name, but her uh, other name. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, but to get away from Matthew's like specific feedback here, what is a genre that pops to mind that you would like to see the MCU tackle? Like getting away from the time dilation thing we're talking about. Like, what would be, is there any genre you'd really like to see them tackle? Well, I mean, I'm still, I like horror. I think they did a great job with Doctor Strange. I think they could have gone a little farther. Um, Mm -hmm. But I feel like that worked so well that they could keep doing that and maybe make it more of a rated R and go towards some of the creepier Marvel characters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I, I, I... Absolutely agree. I think that that sounds super fun. And I do think that like, as much as Dr. Strange mom was like billed as a horror and it had horror elements, of course, Sam Raimi did, did a great job bringing those to the movie. It's still very much the, the Marvel formula. You know, it's very much the, it, it's like horror elements mapped on top of a Marvel yeah. movie instead of like building a horror movie from the ground up inside the Marvel universe, which is I think what you'd like to see. Yeah, and it's like they 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 did whatever they did with Morbius or whatever, and it was I mean, Venom could have been more of a horror, but they went comedy, and uh, I don't know. I'm like, do what you did with the original Blade movie that worked out fine. You had the action, you had the horror, and that was great. Uh, and I'm hoping that's what they do here. But then they say already that the new Blade movie was going to be PG-13 now. I'm pretty uh, sure. I don't know that. I don't know if that's been announced. And at this point. Even if it has been announced, I'm sure it's in flux because they're about to do Deadpool 3 in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. First thing that's in the MCU. They just did Echo, which was the first like MA thing to yeah. do in the So like they're they're an, they didn't push the boundaries very much in Echo, but mm-hmm. it is the the first MA thing if I'm not mistaken. I don't think Moon Knight was MA. No, and and neither was Werewolf by Night. Yeah. <laughs> Partially because of the uh the the black and white like get 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 let them get away with some of the blood splatter and stuff. Oh yeah, they use the old Alfred Hitchcock thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a great idea. So if if they did a horror, is there a character that you'd like to see that is is that horror character? 
I mean, mm. we, we've mentioned The Brood. Like, they could do some sort of monster movie with that. I would stick to kind of like the, the Hellfire Club and like Emma Frost and just take and, and Mr. Sinister. Because Mr. Sinister, like Nathaniel Essex, is like one of my favorite villains. Mm. And we haven't seen him yet. And he's just got the creepy teeth. He's got the red eyes. You know, he looks like a monster. So I would really like to see them do something with him. Yeah. I think, you know, there's a whole dark universe uh of of characters and we've we've been talking about Marvel by night man thing um mm-hmm. the all the blade characters all the sort of supernatural you know m- again morbius venom like just all the sort of especially the mystical realm stuff i feel like is 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 rife for that kind of story um yeah but i, I don't i don't know the comics well enough to be like this is the perfect character um I'm trying to think for my for me like what would be my genre of choice and like my mind goes like what's my favorite genre of choice and like I first go to like uh well you know what I'm gonna stick with my favorite genre as I've stated on this podcast because I was about to say time travel because that stuff kept popping my head as I want a good time travel story but we've got that now we've we've had that we've had tons of good time travel stories now well at least we <laughs> had we've had time travel stories we've had in game amazing time travel story and now we're going to be getting deadpool which i think is going to be a really fun time travel story yeah we've, had, we've got the tva like we're rife with time travel stories i'm I'm okay on that front i don't really want them to do more than they're doing with time travel because it it can muddy the waters for the rest of the stories so let me go with hitman romantic comedy which i've said many times is my favorite genre of movie <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love a good hitman romantic comedy. I don't know why. Like a lot of times they're like not even well-known movies, but I'll see one and be like, man, I just love hitman, hitman romantic comedy. So who's a good Marvel hitman? Like who pops to mind? I don't, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I know, I think of DC hitman. I mean, we, there's Clint. <laughs> That's true. That uh, that, that actually, well, yeah, he's, see, like, the Hitman romantic comedies, and the reason I always like them, is there's this dark nature of the guy or girl running around killing people, or, and it's also, like, the spy romantic comedy, but it keeps it light with, like, the romantic comedy side, right? Yeah. And so, I'm trying to think of a good character, though, that would, like... Well, there is Hitman. Um, okay. Like, just, he's a Hitman. I'm not sure, was he a bad guy or not, but he's Punisher. He's in the Punisher comics. We could do that with the Punisher. Yeah, I feel like the, at least as portrayed by John Bernthal, that version of the Punisher and all versions of the Punisher, I think, are just so broody. Like, yeah. the ro- you can't do a romantic like it romantic make it comedy. Fun. You could, I guess, you could. Like, I'm trying to think if there's like a way. Like, is there any? Yeah, I can't. Th- I mean, well, you know what? I say all that to say we have a hitman romantic comedy, and it's Deadpool. Yeah. Deadpool is a great hitman romantic comedy. And we kind of we kind of got that. Well, I guess there's ones that we haven't explored yet. There well, we have, but like there's Bullseye and then there's Domino mm-hmm. and all those people were already introduced. So I'm trying to think of Yeah. I don't know, you could do yeah. it with Kate Bishop. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Taskmaster. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, Taskmaster could be fun. I don't know that I got the comedy vibes from her either yet. No. Um, <laughs> anyway, and those are the those are those are the genres that pop to mind. I don't know if I have a good character off the top of my head to like bring into that, but I I do like the idea. But I, I honestly, Matthew, like, kind of blew my mind with the idea of just like you almost don't need to think about what genre you're making. If you just change the time scale, it would make 
such a different movie in the MCU. Like you could do almost the exact same thing, the exact same storyline, but just tell two hours over the course of two hours. And that becomes a totally different movie. Mm-hmm. I like that mm-hmm. idea a lot. And, and his, his mention of like the Tarantino esque, like something like uh four rooms or Pulp Fiction or whatever. Like mm-hmm. I, uh, my mind goes to like, that's what they should have done with uh Eternals again. Like tell the <laughs> eternal story from different perspectives over different, uh, I'm kind of thinking of episodes again, like we've talked about, but like, um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I don't know what the best story for that would be, but like, yeah. Okay. Uh, last feedback that we have on the docket for today. Uh, Timothy Castillo, one of our patrons says silent, but deadly. Uh, farts. <laughs> I, I think he's talking about farts. Um, he says, Hey Jam. <laughs> I was thinking about Kang, the real world, the fictional world. Um, Haley Hobbs suggested on Multiverse News a while back uh, that the person cast as Kang needs to be a big name to generate excitement, and I agree. I think that is true, but only for the initial casting. Now uh, that the pan has flashed and the dish is being plated... Are you a I, chef? I, 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 either he's a chef or he's been watching The Bear. Um, <laughs> I think the best thing uh, would be to introduce a new actor with no fanfare or character uh, we don't know yet. A great new character that we fall in love with as a hero. And then the reveal is he becomes the Kang we uh, now know as He Who Remains, the Conqueror. Uh, as someone who plans ahead and knows this version would come along to fool our heroes. I know there's precedent for something like that in the comics. Uh, we've seen him defeat, defeated. Uh, we've seen him defeated now in the movies uh, and in Loki. Perhaps we get a revenge story of sorts uh, where a previously defeated villain unleashes wrath on our heroes. Kang. That's a Star Trek reference. It is. I didn't get that reference. I <laughs> can't believe I didn't get that Kang. reference. Kang. I love it. Um, please, please, Marvel. That's a great pull, Timothy. Like that would be a great, uh, easy Star Trek reference without being overly done. Having someone yell <laughs> Kang. Okay. What do you think about some kind of surprising reveal of Kang in the movies instead of a news scoop? Uh, I think that would be a far more entertaining personally. Uh, love the cast, Tim. Hmm. Again, Tim's feedback got my brain cooking when I was reading it earlier. And like, I love the idea. I just, I completely agree with him. I like, it's way more compelling to see it on the screen than to be told in, in the news who Kang's going to be. It happened in, in Loki. We didn't know he was going to be in Loki at all. Like we knew who Kang had been cast as. And then when he just stepped out of that elevator, it blew our minds. You know, yeah. they, they should know by now that's what blows our mind. If you blow it, like show us the, 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 the casting, tell us everything on the screen. Don't tell us too much. Mm-hmm. And what he's referencing here when he says I, he knows they did something like this in the comics, he's referencing Iron Lad, who showed up in the Young Avengers. Spoiler alert for that comic book series we've talked about before. Iron Lad, be, you find out after he's there fighting alongside the Young Avengers for a while that he is Kang from the future. Okay, right, right. right. Like, Kang sent him back, and he, he is a version of Kang who is destined to become Kang the Conqueror, but he is Iron Lad, and he doesn't know it. 
And so right. it's a really like if he do- it's one of those like things if he doesn't become the Kang the Conqueror version, it will end up unraveling the time stream and killing everyone anyway. Yikes. So he has to choose to become the villain even though he doesn't want to. And in the mm-hmm. comics he's dating Cassie too, Cassie Lang. So it's like mm-hmm. really like it's a really uh Buffy-esque thing where like oh, yeah. he has to go turn evil to save her life. But it's just this weird, terrible sacrifice. Um, I love the idea of bringing that in, but doing it with a different character. Like, I know, like, changing the comics is always sticky because people care about how the comics went. But, like, if you bring Iron Lad into this, I'm going to be the entire time thinking he's he's Kang. Right. And you're already going to have Iron Heart in the story. So, like, why? You don't really need an Iron Lad. I think they do bring in some other character... And then do that, do that storyline, but like, don't, don't forecast it. Tell, like, surprise me, misdirect me in such a way that you are, lie to me, Marvel, lie to me. Yeah. I've, I've said it many times, just lie to me, Marvel. <laughs> I feel like the last time I was actually so surprised is I had, I didn't know that Vision was going to be in Age of Ultron. I don't oh, know how nice. I skipped by not knowing any of that was going to happen. I definitely watched the trailers. I know that there he's on the poster, but I didn't even notice it. And then I was shocked. I was full lord when that happened. That's awesome. I loved it. Oh yeah. But that's the last time I remember actually finding out something while watching the movie. Mm. Because it's just not the world we live in anymore. Yeah. I mean, like, I try never to watch trailers after the like there's always like the second or third trailer that's released like a month or two before and that's the last one i watch because the weeks leading up to the movie they'll release like full scenes that give you too much context. yeah i don't like it i hate it um but i so i've been surprised by like plot points but like really shocked by like a reveal yeah i'm trying to remember i mean the biggest one is five years later in India. yeah yeah, that one we guessed there was going to, like, we went into that knowing there was going to be a time jump, though. I think we were pretty convinced. We were convinced there'd be a time jump, but every time we talked about it, we were talking about it as, like, an alternate future that they would be going back to fix. Like, yeah. every time we talked about it, we were like, okay, so it's going to happen, it's going to be the future, and, like, Tony Stark or, uh, or, or Bruce Banner will have worked up some time travel device to go back and save everybody, but, like... They didn't say they saved everybody, but they didn't undo the five years, and that has com- that completely changes the universe in such a cool way. So it's yeah. like giving it stakes without uh, without them having to lose. Like they still they still got to win and get everybody back, but like they had to deal with that five years, which is actual character development instead of just like having the characters go back and stop the thing before it happened, which is kind of right. what we all thought was like. I was so I was sort of disinterested. I was. I was excited for the movie, but I was sort of disinterested in like what they were going to do because I just assumed they were going to undo everything. Right, right, right. I was never real like it hurt to see Spider-Man disappear and to see like Groot reach for Rocket and stuff, but like it didn't I never thought they were gone. Right, right. And like they weren't, but still Rocket had to live 5 years thinking Groot was gone, you know? Yeah. It's tough, man. Yep, yeah. 
I just remember writing it and being like, it's definitely three to five years because I can tell from how short Black Widow's hair was when they went into the battle and then how oh, long right. it is in the end. Because <laughs> it yeah. takes about three to five years to grow your hair that long. <laughs> yep. That was back when you were our hair correspondent who would, who would write <laughs> yeah. in all the hair hair knowledge. And I think at the time they were starting to talk about what, the Black Widow movie too, right? Mm-hmm. Because we were also talking about, well, that doesn't happen but here. It has to happen before because of the hair. Yep. Good. Um, Hair correspondent times. Those are the days. <laughs> <laughs> they caught what I was doing. They don't do it as much now. You know? Mm. They're like, they were getting what we were putting down. We're being a little bit too realistic here. <laughs> mm, maybe. Yeah. I, I love, I loved those days. And I'm excited because I think it can happen again. I really do. Like, there's been so much, like, Marvel bashing this year about, like, things not shaping up and, and I've done my share of, I don't know if I've done bashing, but except for secret invasion, I've bashed it a little bit. Um, but I've deserved I've, it. Yeah. I've been frustrated with the lack of connectivity. Um, but I also know that some of that is based on like my own expectations and like we, the f- phase one and two didn't have that much connectivity either. Like, I'm hoping that these stories can start to build on each other and like we finally see where this is going and it's something awesome. Um, because I think t- Timothy's right with this Kang theory. Like, I think that if they could, instead of announcing, hey, our new char- actor who's, you know, recast as Kang is this guy, instead they introduce them as a hero and then we spend two or three movies thinking they're pivoting away from Kang because that's what the, the news cycle's telling us. And they're like, and then suddenly we find out, nope, it's actually Kang all along, Kang's back, and mm-hmm. it's just been this guy who's been right in front of our face the whole time. I'd be honestly better with that, because I don't know if I'm at this point, I'm kind of done with it all, with mm-hmm. the Kang stuff. Like, if we never go back to that, I'm totally fine with it. I don't, right. I feel like I made my peace with it, because it was just so much back and forth, and I do think that Loki at least put a a, a lid on it for now, as for you know, sure. kind of being handled. And I'm just like, I don't know if at this point I want to keep going with this. Like, I'm ready for the, now we're bringing in new people. Now we're bringing in new heroes and villains. And we have, Kang is really cool, but there's a lot more interesting in the X-Men universe. Like, what what else can we mm. do? Um, I wouldn't be heartbroken if we don't go back. Yeah, I feel the same. Uh, I, I mean, I want him to go back eventually. Mm-hmm. I think Kang's a, is a character with a lot of potential. Um, and But all of the threads left untouched are threads two two kinds of threads uh they're they're mostly just threads from our universe like looking at the looking at the movies knowing that the kang dynasty is coming right like they're not from the movies themselves except for ant-man quantumania that ends with the kang dynasty of course Right, um, like that's that's the one big thing, but that could come back in ten years. That could come back yeah. anytime. Um, and the only other type is in Scott's head, where Scott is worried about Kang. Like, so Scott is a little scarred. But that, that's the thing: if if Cassie were to end up dating the guy who ended up being Kang, but we like are so convinced it's not the guy who's Kang. Yeah. there's something very different about him, or something very like they they change it enough that we're we're actually convinced. But I do feel like. Like it would be great to see that fear of Scott's come true. Like you know, the whole like 
you can't date you like him trying to like the whole like sit on the porch with the shotgun like thing about yeah. like a, but this time it's because it's like a future space dictator you know like yeah, no, yeah. you can't date him <laughs> you can't tell her not to or she's just gonna run away with him she's <laughs> just gonna run away to, for him for his future dictatorship like leave her alone scott uh, it, <laughs> hold on loosely <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it's very funny. Uh, that I totally see him playing that role well, but also like anyone they put in Cassie's life as a love interest, I'm immediately going to think it's Kang. Yep. 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 Forever until they do something different. <laughs> okay. Well, that's uh that's our feedback for this week. Um, you got anything you want to tell the people about Ashley? Um. Not much, just we have the Oscar stuff on Bingers, which we were talking about, and then mm-hmm. if you jump over to Bill and Ashley's Terror Theater, we just put up an episode of Bill giving us a breakdown of all the stuff he got to see at Sundance while he was at Sundance last week, so that's pretty fun if you're interested in you know what's coming out um, horror-wise, and then he got into some of the other films that were shown there. He saw like 15 movies. It was, it was a lot. Wow. That's awesome. That's really yeah. cool. Um, yeah, I'm excited about our Bingers Assemble coverage of the Oscars as we... Uh, started this podcast by getting so excited we talked for about it for three minutes before we realized <laughs> what podcast we were on um it happens <laughs> it happens it happens no but so go, go check out binge assemble this week guys um hit, a, hit that subscribe button over there and uh we'll be talking about all the oscar contenders as you know uh it's just a fun it's just a fun thing to do to check in on movies that aren't in our like in our normal milieu oh oh i guess speaking of bingers we are Haley hobbs bill Jay Scotty and I were going to take on um, Dune. So within the next Ooh. couple of weeks, we're going to drop the first movie. Uh, we're going to see the second one. And then after the second one, we're going to watch the David Lynch one to see how that compares. Because the David Lynch one is the first two movies in one movie. So yeah. it is very, we'll see. <laughs> that's super fun. Oh, that's all the more reason to go subscribe on Binger's Assemble. Um, yeah, it's everywhere you get podcast. Binger's Assemble. Um, and we'll be back uh, with more very soon here on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. We got a couple commissioned episodes that came in uh, after you talked about those last week. And we're going to get back to our Infinity Watch in the next week or two. So uh, we got a lot of things, cool things coming. And uh, we'll be back soon. Peace. Until next time, true believers. Hey, you just listened to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast from Stranded Panda. I really hope you liked it. Let me just say a big thank you to all of our supporters on patreon.com slash mcucast. You are the lifeblood of our little operation here. And a huge, huge thank you to our insanely generous Illuminati tier patrons. Walter Kreisky III, Lieutenant Bongo, and Jazz Viz. You guys are amazing. If you'd like to see our beautiful faces, you can catch a video version of many of our episodes at youtube.com slash strandedpanda. Love you 3000, my friends. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.